You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. You can be seated and good morning, 10 a.m. I hope you had a great weekend. We're in a series right now called The War of Prayer, and I hope that it's been helpful to you. Maybe it makes things I don't know, come, come more, more alive, or maybe things happening in the world make more sense to you. Uh, maybe a few weeks ago, before we begin to walk through this passage to see that, that there are invisible, unseen thing, things happening around us all the time. Maybe your own world, your own life makes a little bit more sense as we have walked through this passage together. Uh, note takers, I'm, I'm gonna meet you right off the top here. We tend to see our problems and our daily struggles in non-spiritual terms And because of that, we seek non-spiritual solutions. Uh, The struggles maybe you had this past week, the problems you're facing, the problems that you've walked through, maybe you have seen those as such natural things or physical things or non-spiritual things. And because you see them as natural things or physical things, you're trying to find answers in in, in the physical world. You're trying to come up with, with natural solutions or natural answers. But I would say to you, That's not the case of of the problems and struggles that you've walked through this week. They they have been spiritual in in, in nature, spiritually connected. Therefore, you have to go to spiritual answers, to spiritual solutions. I believe that every struggle that we have in in the physical world, the, the, the visible world, is directly connected to the wrestling match that we're engaged in with the invisible world, the, the world that we cannot see, that the spiritual world around us. Now, the effects of the spiritual war that we're engaged in, that they do have, they have physical um, symptoms or physical manifestations. So the wrestling match that we're in this week, Christian, probably will have some, some, some things show up in your life that are physical or, or seen or visible in nature. Uh, things like strained or, or damaged relationships or emotional instability, mental fatigue, physical exhaustion, being burned out, spiritual collapse. All those are physical things, and yet I would submit to you today that they're tied to a spiritual wrestling match that's going on in your life and and, and in your heart. Many here today, you feel pinned down by anger, or pinned down by unforgiveness, or or pinned down by anxiousness? Or do you feel pinned down by comparing yourself to others, or you're pinned down with pride, or with insecurity, or with fear? But, But the overarching primary nemesis behind all those things is not physical, it's not natural, it's not visible. So note takers, you write this down. Our biggest problems are actually spiritually rooted. What are those spiritual problems or those biggest problems that we have that are spiritually rooted? I just gave you the list just then. Anger, unforgiveness, pride, comparisons, insecurity, fear, anxiousness. Now, I'm not saying that every problem that you face or every struggle that you have always is spiritually rooted, but I I will stand on this, our biggest problems, our biggest struggles. You can go back and see that they're tied to the, the spiritual realm, tied to the things that we can't even see. You see, there are are battles going on in this room right now. There are battles taking place in Waco at this very moment. There are battles going on 
over your heart. There's a war being waged over your heart and over your mind right now in this place. A very real war. And Christians, you, you know the struggle that I'm talking about. You know the battle. What does that battle look like? Well, there's a battle going on right now in this room over many hearts, maybe even most hearts, of simply this. Am I going to believe God or disbelieve God? And there's some right now you're wrestling with that. Do I even believe you? Are you really my rock? Are you really all that I really need? There's some of your hearts and some of your minds wrestling right now, do I believe God or do I disbelieve God? There'll be another battle probably this afternoon. Do I honor my flesh or do I honor Jesus? There'll be a battle this entire week and here's what the battle's gonna feel like. Do I obey God or do I disobey God? And there's just that wrestling match going on over all of our hearts and every Christian, I'll say it again, every Christian in this room, you feel it. I know you feel it. I feel it. What is this battle? Your copy of God's Word, would you go with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 6. It's where we've been for the last few weeks. It's where we'll be for another week to go after today. Ephesians chapter 6. I hope you have your copy. If not, maybe you can share it with some nice person next to you, or I always will have it on the screen behind me as well. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be just in one verse today, but we're going to get a good running start before then. Ephesians is the 10th book in the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if that helps you to find it, helps you to get there. We'll get a good running start before we read verse 18, our, our, our key passage for the day. But let's start back in verse 10. This is what we've been reading the last three weeks now. Ephesians chapter six, beginning in verse 10. Paul writes and he says, ultimately, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities. We wrestle against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. We wrestle against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand Firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts, the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And here we go, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. It's verse 18 I want us to focus on today. Let me read it to you one more time. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, and to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. If God came to me and said, Durham, that's my last name, Durham, I, I will let you grow up in one spiritual discipline. I will help you grow in, in one facet of the Christian life. I think I'd have to look to God and say, prayer. Like I want to grow in prayer. I want to know what it means to pray in the Spirit. I want to know what it means to, to pray at all times. I want to know what it means to, to battle in prayer. 
I want to grow up in, in prayer. Maybe many of you would ask that same thing if God came to you and said, I, I will let you, I'll let you grow in one aspect of, of your Christian life. I want you to grow. I will grant you by my grace the ability to grow in one spiritual discipline. I would imagine a lot of us in this house today would say, prayer. I want to grow in prayer. Let me give you a working definition of prayer for the day. Prayer is the divinely authorized mechanism that God has given us to tap into his power. And so it's an invitation from God for you and I to step into his power and to bring his power into every situation of life, to bring his power into our homes, to bring his power into our marriages, to bring his power into our weaknesses, to bring his power into our struggles. Prayer is the divinely authorized mechanism God has given us to tap into his power. Let me just tell you, without prayer, you will not win a battle. But with it, you will see many victories. I know I need to grow in prayer. I've come a long way. I have a long way to go. I, I get overwhelmed sometimes with, with prayer. I, I get overwhelmed with all the prayer requests. I know it goes with my, my job and my title, people come to me all the time and say, hey, would you, would you pray for me in this? Would you, would you pray for that? And often I'll say, let's, just, let's pray right now. Or I'll get out my phone and I'll, I'll type it into my notes. But let me just be honest with you. Sometimes at the end of the day, I'm thinking, man, I, I was supposed to pray for somebody today. And I can't, I can't remember what, what it was, which probably makes all of you think right now, don't give Pastor John prayer requests. He, he forgets. I've come a long way. I know I have a long way to, to go. I'm just telling you, I need, I need to grow in prayer. I don't think any of us will come to the end of our life and will say, I really wish I would have prayed a lot less. Probably the exact opposite. Because every Christian here knows that there's a power when we seek God in prayer. Every believer in this room, you know there's a nearness to God when we pray. There, there's a mercy that we sense around us. There's, there's hope when we pray. When, when we pray, there, there are answers. When we pray, we, we sense his nearness. When we pray, there is God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Did you notice there's four alls in there? A-L-L-S. I would encourage you, if you feel okay writing in your Bible, and it's okay to do that, just to circle those, those four places. I, I did it on the screen. I did it in my Bible. Praying at all times. You can circle that in the Spirit with, and here's the second one, all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with, here's the third one, all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we have all times, all prayer and supplication, all perseverance, and all the saints. So let's grow, Highland, let's grow in prayer together today. Let's see the when, the what, the how and the for whom that are specifically mentioned here in, in verse 18. I would love to move all of us today beyond I have to pray to I get to pray. Here's the first one, note takers, the win of prayer. We see it in verse 18, at all times. When we pray, at all times. Prayer is this necessary element of spiritual warfare. In fact, I would say to you, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I'd say to you, verse 18 is, is, is the perfect end result of all of the armament that we're wearing. The, the, verse 18 is the perfect landing place. We, we're standing firm. We, we put on that belt of truth. We have that helmet of salvation. We, we have the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now pray at all times. 
God's armor is most easily put on while we're praying. And prayer is an exercise of the will. Am I going to pray or am I not going to pray? What decision will I make? So, so don't think of, hear me right on this, don't think of prayer as something we, we must do, but something we can do as we fight spiritual battles. What does it mean right here? That just those three words, at all times. Let me tell you what I think it does not mean. I don't think that it means that you must pray 24 hours a day and you have to clock in prayer for 1,440 minutes every, every day. But what it does mean, though, is there's, there's never an occasion or never a time when you shouldn't pray. This particular passage does not mean that you should never talk to people because you're praying. Or, or, or during your test, you shouldn't be thinking about what you studied, but instead you should be praying, although I know a lot of you do pray while you're taking your test, and, and you should. It's, it's not like you say, should say, well, I'm, I'm going to pretend like there's no cars around me right now on, on the freeway. I'm just going to pray and say, that's not what this passage is, is, is saying at all. In fact, if a surgeon is operating on me, I want him to pray before the surgery. And while I'm opened up, I want him concentrating completely on me, completely on this surgery. I want him to be remembering everything he learned in medical school. Now, if he forgot what he learned in medical school, I want him to pray a lot at that point. But I want his attention on, on me. So I don't think this passage here is saying that you just have to pray 1,440 minutes out of the day because it's an impossibility to be in communication with God for every waking moment. But what this passage does mean is that prayer should be the first go-to at any occasion, at any moment, at any time. Prayer should be this, this way of life. So you can write this down. There is nothing that will happen in your life to which prayer would not be the appropriate response. Anything that happens in your life this week, any moment this week, at any time this week, there is never a time that would be an inappropriate response to, to pray. There is nothing that will happen in your life to which prayer would not be the appropriate response. So if you find yourself in a season of abundance and prosperity, pray. If you find yourself in a season of lack, and hurt, pray. If you have success in life, pray. If right now you're in the middle of failure, pray. Middle of fatigue, middle of fear, middle of frustration, pray. H have no problems in your life at all, pray. Have tons of problems, pray. Passing every one of your classes, pray. Not passing a lot of classes, pray a lot. Pray a lot if you're not passing a lot of your classes. We're unable to pray every literal second, but God is inviting us. Here's what this passage is saying. God is inviting us to pray in every kind of moment. Jennifer and I had a friend in Houston when I was on staff at a church down there. His name is Numa. And even his name in Hebrew means the spirit. And Numa just was a man of a prayer. He was one of our youth Sunday school teachers. And we're still friends to, to this day. A great man. I ran into him in Houston when we lived down there. This was 25 years ago at a supermarket uh, called Randall's. Houstonians is Randall's still, okay, I'm getting some nods from Houstonians. There's a little, what, what for, for Randall's over there? And so we were in Randall's and, and I walked in and was doing some shopping. And Numa saw me, called me out and said, hey, John, like, what, you doing okay? How can I pray for you today? And I just kind of gave him a few prayers. I don't even know what it was. I mean, I just told him a few ways to pray. He goes, that's great, let's pray. I was like, oh, like right 
right now you want to pray? He's like, yeah. It's like, well, of course. I said, you know, we're in the cereal aisle. Of course we should be praying right now. And so we just stopped and he put his hand on my shoulder and, and Numa was loud. He's from Louisiana, so that's how loud he is, right? He's, he's, he's just kind of a loud Cajun, and he had his hand on my shoulder, and he was just praying so loudly so I could hear the prayer, and everybody on the cereal aisle could hear the prayer, and probably one aisle over could hear the prayer as well. And then he, he just said, amen. God, I pray that these things would happen. You see, Numa got it. When it comes to God inviting us to pray at any time, at all times, at, at any moment, at, at all moments, and that prayer for you might be a quick thank you. Thank you, God. Or that prayer for you might be, help me. Help me, God. Which, by the way, is probably the way most of our prayers began, either thank you or help. And I think both of those honor the Father. Secondly, the what of prayer. Verse 18 says, all prayer and supplications. Both of those words are actually very similar. The word prayer in Greek is the word prosuke. The word supplications in Greek is the word deesis. And they both mean the same thing. They both mean to ask or, or to inquire. Would you do this for me? So prayer and supplication, both of these words mean simply to, to ask. So don't miss the beautiful intrigue here, Highland. God Almighty wants us to come before him and to ask for things. God never gets tired of us asking. In fact, just the opposite. He commands us to ask him for things. God is never tired of us asking. He's never too busy. He's never napping. He's never overwhelmed with our request. God is not tired of you asking. I'm going to say that again because someone needs to hold on to this. God is not tired of you asking. Note takers, we cannot ask for too much from God. It's an impossibility from a God who holds the universe in his hand, who is all-powerful. We cannot ask for too much from God. So if you're in a moment of conflict or a moment of frustration or a moment of need or a moment of emptiness or a moment of need or a moment of lacking, ask from God. Let me ask you these two questions. What big thing have you not dared ask God for? What big thing have you not even asked God for because you feel like it was too daring of a prayer? Maybe the grace to forgive someone who hurts you. Maybe for you to pray for your, your parents' marriage to be healthy. The salvation of your dad. The salvation of your ex. The salvation of your boss. Revival on campus. Nothing is too difficult for a God who spoke the universe into being. So are you backing off on some prayers because you're afraid they might be too much for God to handle? Here's the second question. What small thing have you thought too bothersome to even mention to God? So what big thing have you not even dared to ask God for? And what small thing have you thought too bothersome to even mention to God? Like, my knee hurts. I've got aches, I've got pains. For you guys out there in your 50s, I've got aches, I've got pains. How about finding your keys? You're, you're trying to get to work, trying to get to pick up the kids, trying to get to church, and you can't find your keys. Is, is it too bothersome to even mention that to God? God, would you help me find my keys? Or God, would you, would you heal my dog? My, my dog is sick. Now, that's the only pet you can pray for is just a dog, but my, my, dog, is, my dog is sick. 
I'll get some emails on that one. <laughs> Scripture says, cast all of your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. What's the operative word there? All. Whatever care you have, cast all of your cares in the Lord, for he cares for you. Thirdly, the how of prayer. Verse 18 says, with, with all perseverance. In other words, when you're praying, you endure in prayer. You don't give up in prayer. You continue to stand in prayer. The, the word stand is one of the key words in all of Ephesians chapter 6. We see it back in verse 11, stand. Verse 13, withstand. Verse 13, stand. Verse 14, stand. And in that same way, family, we must continue to stand in prayer. Don't wilt. Don't melt. Don't surrender. Don't lay down your arms. Don't retreat. Don't despair. Don't concede. I think many of us in this room, we're quite puny when it comes to the perseverance of prayer. We give up too easily. Remember the prayer, or the parable of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18? Here's how Jesus begins that. And Jesus told them this parable so that they may always pray. They might always pray and never give up on praying. The entire parable is given by Jesus for those of us who sometimes give up too quickly in prayer. Here's what you can write down. What lesson might God only teach through you enduring in prayer? If you endure in, in, in prayer, maybe he wants to drive us or drive you into his word because you're not going to give up praying. Or maybe he wants to drive you into his arms because you're not going to give up praying. Maybe to teach us dependency upon him. Maybe to teach us humility that we continue in this posture of, of asking God for things. You see, prayerlessness is, is disbelief. Prayerlessness is disbelief. It's disbelief in the goodness of God and disbelief in, in the power of God. And so when you endure in prayer, you're saying to God, God, I don't see it, but I believe that you're good. I don't see it, but God, I believe you can. Fourthly, the for whom of prayer. Verse 18 again, for all the saints. Who, who are we to pray for? For all the saints. Pray, pray for all kinds of believers. That's what it means by saints right there, to pray for all the believers that you know. We can't pray for all the Christians on the planet by name. You probably can't even pray by name for all the Christians at Highland. There'll be 30 200 of you here today. But you can pray for your family and your roommates and your small group, your CG. You can pray for your ABF. You can pray for your soul care group on Thursday nights. You can, you can pray for, for your, your table group on Wednesday nights. You can pray for your neighbors. You can pray for your parents. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your coworkers by name who know the Lord. What does it mean by all saints? What does it mean by all believers? Well, let me just give you some ideas. Pray for the people who have encouraged you in the faith. And also pray for people who have discouraged you. Pray for people here at Highland that you don't really know, but you wish you did. But also pray for the people here at Highland you don't really know and you're, you're glad you don't. <laughs> pray for people who vote differently than you. Pray for people who think differently than you. Pray for people who look differently than you. Pray for people who are aged differently than you. All right? So here we go. This, this is the nightmare of every introvert in this room. Would you turn around and find the name of, of two people who are seated around you? You're not going to ask them prayer requests. You're not going to ask them how you can pray. 
You're just going to find out the name of two people who are seated around you. My challenge to you is that at least one of them is outside of your generation. So one of them has to be outside of your generation. So two people and find out their names and remember those names. That would be important. So write those names down, put it in your phone. You have 12.2 seconds. This is a short exercise. Meet two people, find out their names, just their first names. All right, that was, uh, that was plenty of time. Some of y'all must have really, really long names because that, was, that took a lot of time to find out two people's names. You have those names in mind, maybe you've written them down, maybe you put them in their phone somewhere. Here's what I want you to do. Look on the screen here behind me. I want you to think about that first name. I want you to think about that second name because in just a second, you're gonna pray both of these prayers Prayer one, prayer two for the first name that you have. Then you'll go directly through and pray for the second name you have with first prayer, second prayer. So here's the prayers. Ask, them, ask God to bless them with wisdom and peace. Ask God to remind them they do have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's from Ephesians 1.3. Secondly, just ask that God would meet their needs. Say their name before the Lord, that, that God would come through in, in a glorious way through Christ Jesus and that they might even realize and see the provisions of God this week. Now, if you want to pray silently, you can do that. If you want to whisper your prayer, you can do that. If you want to pray out loud, that may encourage the, the two people uh, whose names you, you, you just gathered. But let's, let's pray and, and use this screen. Use these two things. We're, we're praying the word of God, which means we're praying the will of God. And pray for those two people that you just met. Father, for every person in this room and every person watching online, I ask that you would bless them, God, with wisdom and peace and strength and joy. God, remind them they already have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God, pray for every person in this room, every person in this house, every person watching online. God, you would meet every need they have in a glorious way through Christ Jesus. And that even this week, they would see and understand and perceive and appreciate and be thankful for all the provisions of God. Oh, what a joy to pray. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. It would be one thing if Paul had used the word some instead of the word all. Ephesians, I want you to pray some of the time. 
with some prayers, some supplications, with maybe some perseverance for some of the saints. I could live up to that verse. I could memorize that one pretty quickly, apply that one pretty quickly. Oh, I can do some praying. I can pray for some people. I can pray with, with some endurance. Maybe with some prayers, some supplications. That's not where the Lord is, is, is moving us today. Instead, that we would pray all the time, in all times, in all circumstances, in all situations, in all moments, with all kinds of prayers, all kinds of supplications. That we would come before him with, with all endurance, with, with all perseverance. And we would pray for, for all the saints. What if we were attentive to prayer as we are to our phones? What if we were attentive to prayer like we are to the mirror? Or to our friend count? Or to our bank account? What if we truly devoted ourselves to prayer? Would you stand with me, please? Now it's time for us to exercise what we've learned from God's word today, to pray for one another, to pray with one another, to lay all kinds of prayers and all kinds of supplications before the Lord. So let me give you some options. There's some altars here at the front that you can come and, and kneel before the Lord. Kind of in light of today's passage, especially the thought about praying for all the saints, maybe you want to to tap someone in your family and say, hey, can we just, let's go pray together. It's been a long time since we've prayed together. Or maybe turn to your friend or to a roommate. Maybe someone's name you just learned a few moments ago and say, hey, can we go pray together and just come and kneel here at the front? We're gonna sing three songs. So if the front is filled up, you can wait for a few moments and then come and just kneel here at the front. Students, maybe you want to just tap another student and say, hey, let's go pray for revival on our campus. Or again, families, if you want to come and pray together for, for your home, for grace, for wisdom. If you want to, you can pray with other people. I have some staff members here at the front and they'll kind of be facing you. So if you want to go to battle in prayer with, with one of them and say, would you pray for me in this way? You all can pray together. If you're here today and, and you're sick, you're here today and there's an illness, or you're here today and there's an upcoming surgery, or we have our elders to the far right, to the far left, go to them and let them pray a prayer of, of healing and faith over you. Or at some point you're like, I don't know how to pray or what to pray. You'll see some some prayer requests on the lower portions of the screen that were sent in by saints last week. They said, would you pray for me in this way? Would you celebrate with me in this way? Here's what I'm asking, Highland. Let's not become this still, stoic church. Let's move. Let's battle. Let's kneel. And let's intercede and let's pray with one another and for one another. So church, this is our opportunity to go to battle together. Let's do it. Won't you please come and let's sing together.